back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post. Morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post, Sunday, July 4, where we didn't even get to the post of the Sunshine Coast yesterday. Of course, an early morning stewards inspection rendered the track unsafe for racing. It was a a shocking blow to the Sunshine Coast Turf Club, but their, their feature meeting, their biggest meeting of the year, was postponed, but there's some good news coming out of it. But, and this was only the start, really, of, or rather the, the end of what's been a shocking few days weather-wise. Uh, it had seen uh, Thursday's meeting at Kilcoy. We lost six of the eight races. Friday, we only got through the first four at Ipswich. We lost the last six, as we've just outlined. Sunshine Coast gone yesterday. Gold Coast was abandoned. We lost uh, country meetings at Wandai and Warra. Uh, Warwick, which was scheduled for today, has been postponed to next Wednesday. So it's been a, a real mess. Racing Queensland uh, have a lot of thinking to do. But just to add to the jigsaw puzzle, of course, we've got the Grafton Carnival. It's uh, getting to, to full steam with the Ramoni on Wednesday, the Cup on Thursday, and, of course, Rocky's Carnival, which we've been talking about for some time, coming up this Friday with the New Market and the Cup on Saturday. Throw in the Bow Desert Cup as well. Throw in the Dooman meeting. What's happening over the next week? I want to drill down on it this morning and speak to a few of the key players. And then later in the program, we'll have a listen to some of the highlights from Flemington and also Rose Hill Gardens. But my first guest this morning is the CEO of the Sunshine, Turf, Sunshine Coast Turf Club, John Miller. And John's with us now. John, good morning. Good morning, David. And, of course, John, the sun is shining brightly this morning. Yeah, yeah. It's been a challenging week. Well, that's an understatement. I just want to... We've got a bit of time this morning and I want to go through a few things with you. And you said a challenging week. You're so right because not only did you have the the, the bad weather hanging over your head, but you had this bloody COVID situation as well. Yeah, so and I suppose um, uh, going back to the start of the week, we um, uh, were all excited leading into this um, Calandra Cup meeting because we uh, it's two years since we'd had one because of COVID last year and... We had fantastic bookings. You know, we were on target for one of our biggest days, and then the um, the first, the start of the week was the first announcements with the COVID. So we we had a lot of cancellations straight away on the back of that, and then on Friday we had to reshuffle again when Brisbane was um, forced into that extra 24-hour lockdown. So we had to reshuffle all the the function spaces again, and then yesterday to top it off, we copped all the bad weather and and couldn't go ahead. Yeah, an unbelievable situation. Like one situation would be bad enough with bad weather, but the COVID situation as well. Just tell me, uh, from a, a side point of view, all the produce you've got there. Like earlier in the week, you've got to make decisions, don't you? Do you, do you buy this? Do you spend this? It, it must be very difficult. It is. It is. Um, so I suppose the, the the hardest bit's the fresh produce for mm. you know, salads and, and veggies and things like that. So. That's the that's the bit that um, there's some wastage there, but um, a lot of like your meats and other things can freeze down, and and we saved as much as we could, um, obviously with the call yesterday morning. So the, the the weather was bad on Friday night, and it dawned poorly as well. I suppose you knew deep down that the odds of racing were going to be long. Yeah, we we did. The, the forecast was always against us. Um, I suppose we were just. Uh, like I think the from memory, I'm pretty sure for tax day it was meant to to rain as well, um, but it didn't. Uh, they they got through that 
without much rain at all. So we were sort of hoping just they might have been wrong, but they were spot on. It just uh, it was heavy rain overnight, and then when we got to the track in the morning, like the track the track was in great condition. Um, it's just the the knowledge that we know that um, with the keeps raining during the meeting and the, the visibility issues and the the riders um, uh, you know for, and rightly so for their their own safety um, wouldn't want to ride on it so we have to really make the the tough call in the morning because if we rolled the dice and hoped it cleared up um, and then called it off it would have been worse for everyone I think. Uh, exactly. Imagine getting there and running one race and it's called off. You've got, you know, yeah. not only your participants in a band, a frame of mind, but also your patrons as well. You sat down with Racing Queensland yesterday morning and the decision's been made to race next Sunday. Fresh nominations will be taken. Were there a number of alternatives on the table, John? There was a few. Obviously, we we obviously wanted to be on the Saturday Um uh, for, for obvious reasons, but um, there was just too many um, different, uh, you know, issues and hurdles we had to get around. And with uh, existing meetings, you mentioned a few before, like even like Bow Desert Cup, the Rockhampton Carnival's on. Um, there was just too many um, obstacles there. So the the simplest way and the best way that we could get a result for the the club and for the the industry participants with uh, running those races, particularly those black type races, um, was to transfer that program to the Sunday and then our Sunday program will move to the Tuesday. It's ironical, isn't it? You lose your biggest meeting of the year because of, of wet weather and uh, uh, you know a day that was, was not going to improve much at all. The Sunshine Coast track, it's a great servant to the industry. You race so often... And so many times you have heavy tracks, but it stands up well. Amazing is it that it had to be that that, that caused the, the postponement yesterday. Yeah, indeed. Um, it, it, it's, ama- it's an amazing track. Um, and, and even, like, with the rain we'd had, if it had have stopped yesterday morning and you, you had five or six hours, I'm sure it would have raced, you know, a heavy 10, but mm. a safe heavy 10. It's just that issue when you get that constant rain um, and, and so much rain already in the surface that causes the issues so um no the murray and the team do an amazing job and the i'm sure now with the, the week off the track if we get some fine weather this week the, the track will be in in wonderful condition for sunday have you been game enough to look at the the weather report this week what it looks like it's going to be yeah no i sort of stopped i've got <laughs> i've got five weather apps on my phone everyone thinks i'm mad but um yeah no i'll, I'll have a look later in the week <laughs> So fresh nominations for the, the, the entire meeting. Of course, you've got the Group 3 Wing Skinnies and the, the Listed Cup and the Listed Glasshouse. That's in terms of the horses. What happens with the functions, like people who were booked to go yesterday? What's the procedure there now? Yeah, we'll get in contact with them all now. Um, that we, we already have started sending out some communication to them. So we'll, we'll lose a lot of those, we, we, we know, because a lot of people had travelled and you know made plans for the for the Calandra Cup weekend. Um, so we just sort of, we'll have limited ones, um, but we'll just go through the process and contact them all and hopefully some of them can come and we can have a great day on Sunday. Yeah, and it will be interesting to see what your noms are like, whether the fields are, you know, almost the same or, or similar next Sunday. It will, and, and obviously, the like, it's not ideal with Grafton being on this week um, and I'm sure they're probably not entirely happy with us um, plonking the meeting on, on Sunday either, but um, it's it's a, a 
the black type races we really wanted to to run and and not lose them. So um, that was the only alternative we had. John, you had a chat with Steve Hewlett yesterday on Select Racing, and Steve brought up the the Poly Track, which is now down and 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 ready to go. And I was listening to that interview yesterday. I just wanted to talk about that a bit more this morning. So you're actually training on that track now. We are. There was, I think, uh, 350 horses worked on it yesterday. Um, so that was the first day it was open. And ironically, it was pouring rain. So um, it did exactly what um, it's meant to do and drained beautifully. And they were all able to, to work their horses, which, you know, if we didn't have that um, surface, they wouldn't have been able to, to work yesterday morning. So it's um, going to be a, a fantastic asset for the club and for southeast Queensland um, you know, from training, barrier trials, and then and then racing as well. Yeah, that's what was my next point, and I imagine you've had consultation with Racing Queensland. So the plan is not this is not just going to be used as a training track, and the track, if the, the grass is too wet, there will be poly track meetings, race meetings uh, scheduled. Yeah, there will. Um, so what we like racing sixty eight times on our turf track, as we just mentioned earlier, that does an amazing job. But it'd be nice to be able to. Uh, you know, at certain times of the year to give it two or three weeks off um, just to do a sort of quick renovation and, and give it a spell. So what we will do is um, program some polytrack races um, for, for that purpose. Mm. Um, we're, we're mindful, though, we want to... And, and Reid Sanders from Martin Collins has um, sort of made the point. Like We just want to make sure the track consolidates over the, the first couple of months, then run some jump-outs and trials and... And before we race on it, um, you know, I'm sure we, we could have raced, raced on it yesterday, for example, if we really wanted to. But we, we want to make sure this is this track really works um, and there's acceptance from the trainers and the jockeys. And um, I think that'll um, be more successful down the track if we, we do it properly. I mentioned that the, the track and the club itself are great servants to the industry. You race a lot of times. Particularly now also during the, you know, from, say, September till about April, you host a lot of Friday twilight meetings. Do they work well for you? Yeah, they do. Um, the, the night racing is is a fabulous product. I know it's something that the trainers um, don't necessarily like as much, but um, the, the point is it, it gives a lot of owners and a, a lot of racing fans an, an opportunity to come out and, experience a, a great night's entertainment on a Friday night and um, it, it's just uh, it's we've built a nice calendar now through September from September through to March April where we try and have a bit of a consistent you know every couple of weeks there's a Friday night meeting and it's something that the club's you know really committed to um, continuing on and, and really trying to make better and better each year. Well, we hope you get good fields next Sunday. We hope you have a big crowd and we hope the weather's fine. You deserve it thoroughly after what's been a rotten week. But thanks for joining us this morning, John. No, thanks, David. Thanks for all your support. John Miller, the CEO of the Sunshine Coast Turf Club. So just repeating, next Sunday, fresh nominations, the, the same program, and the meeting that was scheduled for next Sunday is transferred to the following Tuesday. Now, I only spoke to this gentleman on Monday on Press Room, Tony Fenlon, and I didn't think I'd be speaking to him so soon, but... I want to chat about a couple of things. He's on the line. Tony, good morning. Yeah, good morning to you, David. Tony, of course, the CEO of the Rockhampton Jockey Club. Uh, We've had a a terrible situation over the past fortnight with COVID, lockdowns, uh, border closures. What's the situation at this very moment with Willie Pike, who is supposed to be your big draw card? 
Yeah, David, we've um, we're in a situation at the moment where we've we've all but lost William uh, for this Friday Saturday. It, uh, a decision will be made lunchtime today, but um, based on the WA government's current uh, restrictions, when you leave the state upon his return, he would need to quarantine for 14 days, which um, you know. It, that just rules him out, uh, David, because, I mean, yeah, his earning ability, um, that would be disastrous, 14 days on the sideline. This is a shocking blow to the club because uh, the promotion had been in the pipeline for some time. You were really hanging your hat on. I mean, you're going to have two good race days, but we get that. But he was really your draw card. And you know, this is just another example of how COVID can disrupt things so much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, um, and not just for, for our racing here in Rockhampton, but racing in the entire state. I mean, he would have, um, you know, I can't stress enough the level of interest that he would have um, created within our local racing here in Rockhampton. We would have had the eyes of the world on us and, and certainly the eyes of Australia on us. Um, it's been three years in the making. Uh, we thought we had him. We, you know, we got, we got beat um, last year with COVID and unfortunately um, it's deja vu. So, so COVID's got us again. We are expecting to speak with William uh, today, mm. and uh, and or at least his manager today, and uh, we are going to try and chase a firm commitment for 2022, David. Yeah, third, third time lucky, hopefully. It's very disappointing. Let's look on the brighter side. Now, you're racing, of course, Friday, Newmarket Day. Saturday is going to be Cup Day. Weather, how's your weather going to be? The forecast is for uh, sunshine all week, so... We had 50 mil of rain between Friday night and Saturday afternoon, mm. uh, just gone. So two inches on the track, which uh, it's magnificent. The track needed a, a good drink and it got it. And then the rest of the week, uh, all this week, is forecast for fine weather. So I think the weather gods are going to be kind to us. Um, it was just the COVID, uh, the COVID gods that have been uh, rather nasty. Yeah, exactly right. Um... A question I want to put to you without notice. I'm going to have a chat with Michael Beattie soon from the Clarence River Jockey Club. Of course, Grafton's carnival is in full swing. It seems odd to me, Tony, that Grafton, Ramorny Wednesday, Cup Thursday, and then your carnival, uh, Newmarket Friday, Cup on Saturday. I know it's two jurisdictions, New South Wales and Queensland, but this sort of thing shouldn't happen, I feel. Uh, I agree with you, David. I raised it with the powers to be at, uh, at Racing Queensland. Um, I certainly think that it does need to be looked at moving forward. Um, we do draw similar corporate partners. Um, you know, a lot of our clients at winter carnival time do visit Grafton, and uh, and we do draw on a similar pool of horses. Uh, I think the biggest the biggest negative for us is going to be riders. Uh, you know, your A grade Brisbane guys will go to Grafton, obviously, because of the prize money. And we'll finish up with, um, you know, we're not going to get the named riders like we would otherwise get if we weren't positioned where we are. No, I think uh, that has to be looked at uh, quite seriously for 2022. Just before you go, uh, bookings-wise, now you've got that Calcutta on Thursday. Can we still get in there? Is there any, any tickets left? Any seats yes, left? Yes, we still, we still have tickets left for the, uh, for the Rockhampton Cup Calcutta luncheon. That's to be conducted Thursday, the 8th of July. Tickets for that event tickets for that event are able to be purchased online at Rockhampton Tickets. You'll have to find a new new guest. Who's Russell going to interview now himself? 
Yeah, no, so Russell and I are, uh, were hard at work this morning, David. We've been on the phone uh, already this morning. We will um, we will track someone down. Um, we don't sort of give up that easy. We, we'll still make that luncheon a, uh, a special event. And uh, we've got a few candidates that we, that we need to talk to in the next hour or two, but certainly... Um, I will keep you posted as to as as to who we may have uh, at our luncheon on Thursday. Okay, thanks for that, um, uh, Tony. As I was saying to John, uh, and I expressed the same sentiments to you. Hope the weather's fine, the crowds are good, and the racing's outstanding because you, you've, you've suffered a blow. Let's hope it's all smooth sailing into next week. Yeah, thank you, David. I appreciate your support, as John said, and um, and I feel for John very much. I mean. Uh, you know, it was just he had the COVID restrictions lifted in time, but unfortunately the weather gods, um, you know, dealt him a, a bad hand as well. So, uh, but anyway, onwards and upwards. Next weekend looks like a fantastic weekend of racing, beginning on Friday with the Rockhampton Newmarket, Saturday the Rockhampton Cup, and then obviously into the big meeting at the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. So, uh, I wish everyone all the best. And just one more thing before you go, and I never asked this on Monday, have they found a replacement for you as the CEO? Yeah, so they, yes, they have. Um, the gentleman that will be taking my spot from the middle of August on is the um, is the CEO. He's the CEO of Beef Australia this year, Mr. Ian Mill. Uh, Ian's very well credentialed, and I'm sure he'll do a, a, a mighty fine job at the Rockhampton Jockey Club. Good on you, Tony. Good luck next week. Thank you, David. Appreciate your time. Tony Fenlon, the CEO of the of the Rockhampton Jockey Club. So. Willie Pike unable to go, um, uh, another victim of the COVID situation. I mean, uh, it, it, you could multiply that by a 1,000 or 10,000 around Australia, but uh, they'll still do well. Now, we're talking about Carnival, so um, as we said, it's a, it's a very, very busy week, not only here in south-east Queensland, but in northern New South Wales, because Grafton really uh, heats up with the Ramorty on Wednesday, and the Cup on Thursday. Michael Beattie's joining us from Grafton. Morning, Michael. How are you? Yes, good morning to you, David. Yeah, pretty happy, actually. I've got to say we've got uh, as good a winter day as you could possibly hope for. About 20 degrees, uh, gentle breeze, which will help dry the track out, and honestly, not a cloud anywhere on the horizon. So It's South Grafton Cup Day. The track's a heavy nine. Uh, what's your weather looking like for this week? Well, we've got, as I said, today's a really, really nice day, uh, and it's pretty much supposed to stay like that for the remainder of the week. Couple of showers, perhaps on uh, on Thursday on Grafton Cup Day, but we'll uh, let's just hope that the, that gets revised. And uh, as a consequence of that, uh, we have a beautiful day like today and uh, continual improvement in the track. Now, I've known you a long time. Let's get an important thing out of the road first. Give us a good thing at Grafton today. Gee, I don't know that there is a good thing today. It it it, it really does trick me a little bit. There's, we've been racing on such good tracks here, David. Mm over the last, uh, you know, six or eight weeks here at Grafton, at least. And it's a little bit difficult on that basis to just try and have a, a really close look at the form and, and say, oh, well, I think the, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, pretty pretty tough meeting. Look, I've got a runner myself in race two, which will be very big odds, and I think she'll run a really good race. A little filly called Ann Garma ran a terrific race in a strong maiden uh, at Ballina the other day, didn't have a lot of luck in the straight. She ran, uh, she ran fourth. I think she'll run a big race at big odds each way. I'll give you a good thing. A Queenslander is going to win the Ramorny. 
So who are we tipping, David? No, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just. Oh, oh, you just want to have you want to, like <laughs> like the old rake that you use at the stables about a nine prong attack? Is that <laughs> the idea? Well, I tell you what, it may well be a nine prong attack. Here's the market: Garibaldi six dollars. This is on tab fixed. Desert Lord seven, uh, Fovita seven, Axe nine, Outback Barbie nine, Southern Lad. There's your, your, your Southern Lad eleven, Blazing Miss fifteen, and then Boomtown Lass at fifteen, Brave Song at fifteen. But I tell you what, um, um, rivalry, rivalries aside with Queensland and New South Wales, those Queenslanders, they're very talented gallopers and in form. Absolutely no doubt about that. And I think the way the carnival lays now with the, the Glasshouse, and I know it wasn't run yesterday, but our 1,200-metre race run where it is in relation to the Queensland Carnival fits in really well. So those horses that are looking to start in a genuine sprint distance back at, at 1,200 metres do look for the Ramoni uh, every year now. Uh, and I think that's why you've got such a, a good, a really good chance this year of, um, of being able to win the race. Snowdens might have something to say about it. They seem to know the right horse to bring and they've got a couple entered this year, Brave Song and uh, Poetic Charmer. So, so they might spoil the party a little for you. But having said that, Having watched the last couple of State of Origins, if you won the Ramoni, I think most people would be reasonably happy for the Queenslanders. <laughs> Garibaldi, I pot Garibaldi every start, so I'll pot it again. But I tell you, a horse that's flying, Fovador, uh, he trailed brilliantly twice. They took him to a midweek at Doombin. He sat back. He wasn't entitled to win. They they ran it at a fairly casual tempo, but he burst home. Uh, he, he's Michael Costa's got him really going well this horse. I think he's an untapped talent. He's only lightly raced. Well, the interesting thing about him is if you think he can win the Ramoni, I, I can tell you anybody that was in Grafton last Sunday and had a look at the Cup prelude are really thinking that uh, that Michael Costa's got a genuine lightweight chance of winning the Cup. Perfect deal. It had 61 kilos the other day. It cantered behind them. And when they let it off the chain, it absolutely dashed. Uh, now, I know it's a big step up from the prelude to, to win a Grafton Cup, and a lot of horses that win that prelude go on and win good races later on. Happy Go Plucky won the prelude a couple of years ago, won an Ipswich Cup. First Crush won the prelude a few years ago, won the Grafton Cup the next year after failing in this year. So, so, so horses that win that race are good enough to win a Grafton Cup or, or a race of similar stature, but our perfect deal was absolutely impressive here last Sunday, so it makes it a very interesting field. When do we get final acceptances for the Ramoni and the Cup? Both done tomorrow, uh, close at 9 o'clock. It's a bit of a trick uh, because normally in New South Wales, acceptances for a Thursday would be uh, on the Tuesday. But with the two-day carnival, all acceptances for all races are tomorrow at 9 o'clock. And I'm really looking forward to some high-quality acceptances and some high-quality racing through the next week. The Cup's interesting, Michael, because Stockman is currently the tab fix favourite at $4. Now, he was scheduled to run at Caloundra yesterday, and he was a short-priced favourite, an odds-on favourite for the Cup. So it's interesting to see what Joe Pride does tomorrow morning. Look, it certainly will. Um, I spoke... Uh, to, uh, to to the camp, oh, look, a few weeks ago, to be totally honest, and, and part of the reason that they want, were uh, leaning towards Caloundra at that stage, and, and I don't mean to be having a crack at the, the, the Sunshine Coast Turf Club, but they thought that Caloundra would, would put up a wet track, um, and, and invariably it did, just a little bit too wet. So hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to attract them to come this way first, uh, rather than the, the delayed Caloundra Cup next week. But the inter- one of the things that I find interesting about this year's Cup is that, and I spoke about him earlier, Happy Go Plucky, he tried to win the race a couple of years ago and, and ran sixth, only beaten three lengths. 
And we had two terrific runs in the race last year behind 60's groove. Prima Tito, who ran sixth, beaten 2.2. And Commander Bell, who ran fifth, only beaten two. And I know that those two horses, Prima Tito and Commander Bell, uh, they definitely, the Grafton Cup hasn't been an afterthought for them. It's a race they've been set for throughout this preparation. And when I spoke to Johnny Gilmore on the phone after Happy Go Plucky won the Ipswich Cup, he indicated exactly the same thing to me, that the, the, the plan for him uh, all, all along was to come to Grafton. So hopefully we get those three horses as well because it'll add plenty of depth to the race. Mm. A uh, couple of things before you go. I was talking to Tony Fenlon there, and, of course, Rocky have got their big carnival Friday and Saturday, so you're just a couple of days before. It doesn't seem ideal, does it, the two major uh, country uh, carnivals are so close to each other, even though it's different states? Look, it, it doesn't, and unfortunately, I don't know how we'll ever get national programming right. Uh, the same thing in my mind occurs every year to the Warrnambool Carnival and the Wagga Carnival, and they have a, a negative effect on each other. Um, and it, it is sad, but I don't know how we get it right. I've got to be absolutely upfront here, though, and admit that we would have normally been back another week. We would normally run our cup 12 days after the Caloundra Cup. And we had the opportunity to, to pop back and do that this year. Racing New South Wales would have been comfortable with that decision. But the board here, David, took the view that with last year being uh, a COVID year and we were only able to run the, uh, the Grafton Cup for members, we had 600 people come through the gate on Grafton Cup Day. If we popped it back a week this year, we fell out of school holidays mm. and we just thought that that was dangerous for the longevity of the carnival. We wanted to give people the opportunity to come if they wanted to come. There's been a few COVID issues subsequently that have probably going to turn quite a significant number of people away. But at least we gave them the ability to come and bring the kids and, you know, mum can stay at home with the kids while dad comes and, and backs, you know, 10 winners over the two days and, and goes home saying, what a great place Grafton is. <laughs> well, how have you handled the COVID situation? Look, I've got to say, I, I think that last year was probably the best thing that happened to the CRJC uh, in, in relation to COVID because at the 11th hour, we got permission to run it as a, a members-only event. Mm. So that gave us the chance to try a few new things because we, we had smaller crowds. Uh, as a, uh, a consequence of that and how popular it was with our members, we very much changed the layout of the, uh, the setup this year. There's a lot more restricted areas for members and you can't actually buy a ticket into those areas unless you are a member or you're granted permission to enter them as an owner and the, the, as I said everybody that came last year told us how much more comfortable that made their experience and I think as a, as a result of that we then had to lay the racetrack out over using more of the footprint to make sure that there was plenty of comfort for people and uh, and I think people that come here this year will be quite amazed at just how comfortable it will be for anybody that comes, whether they're in the members' enclosure or they're in one of our satellite areas where we've got lots more seating, lots more opportunities to buy beverages and food. So it's been a headache, but I think at the end of it, when we, when we all eventually get out of COVID in, whether it's 12 months or two years' time, once the vaccinations have, have taken control of our lives, I do actually think a lot of sporting events will be run more smoothly and be a better experience for the patrons. I'm just looking at your horse today, Ann Garma, that you part owned, seventeen dollars and four twenty. I nearly fell off the seat when I saw what the favourite was, Brave Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, fortunately, fortunately, I think if they managed to get the real Brave Warrior 
Yeah. <laughs> He'd win that maiden by a long way, and I'm glad I'm not taking him on. Um, and, yeah, I, it, it's funny. It, it, I tell you what the worst part about it, and you'd be experiencing this yourself, David, is when you see those names come up again and you realise how long it takes for it to happen and just how old you've actually become. Oh, yeah, I, was, I wasn't going to um, think about that, but what about, how long have you been a grafter now? Well, it depends where you draw the line. I've been back this time. Uh, this is my ninth carnival after coming back from uh, being the uh, director of racing in the, for the Macau Jockey Club for the previous two years. But I was only thinking about, the, about it this morning, how many different hats I've worn here. I started off as a strapper in 1972 and I strapped right through until 1975 where I gave that away. I was appointed a cadet steward. So I was then a steward here at this carnival for 10 years. I was also the handicapper for the last nine years of that. Then I went to Newcastle and I was invited back every year to join the stewards panel. So I probably came back for another six or seven years as a, as a member of the stewards panel. Uh, then I came back as the betting supervisor for a couple of years. And then from the, that time and, until I started to work in Asia, I came back as a desperate race goer and punter for a few years. So I've worn nearly every hat there is. Um, and it, it, I, I won a race at last year's carnival and I, I, with, with the horse that I own, and I'd, I'd love to think I could win another one this year, and I think Ian Garner's my best chance. Good on you, mate. Good to talk to you again, and I hope uh, Wednesday and Thursday are terrific for you and the club. No, thanks very much, David. Lovely to chat. Good luck to you. Michael Beattie joining us, the CEO of the Clarence River Jockey Club. So... That's the situation, folks. What's happening is this. We go to Wednesday. The races will be at Eagle Farm. They've added an extra race there. The rail's out 10.5 metres, and Warwick will race there as well. Uh, then, of course, we've got uh, Ipswich on Thursday, Townsville Friday. Saturday, Doomman will be uh, on, along with the Boaters at Cup Day. And then, of course, Sunday, we're going to race at the Sunshine Coast, the meeting that was to be held yesterday, and their Sunday meeting will be held on the following Tuesday. Rocky's ride for Friday and Saturday. And, of course, it's Ramorty Cup Day, Wednesday, Thursday this week. Busy times ahead. Take a short break and back to listen to some racing action from yesterday here on Pass the Post. At TAB, we're on a mission to deliver punters confidence they're getting the best price. Introducing the lock, a new feature on your TAB app. Just activate it when placing a tote win bet. And if the fixed odds starting price is better when your horse wins, we'll pay you the difference in cash. The lock. New on your tab app. Download today. Tab. Long may we play. Excludes WA residents. Available once per day on eligible online bets. Max odds difference payout $100. TNC's a website. Gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers Help 1-800-858-858. If it's equine or canine, then your one-stop shop is Garrard's Horse and Hound. Check out this month's specials available in-store, Australia-wide and online. Liver mole powder, 15-kilogram orange buckets are back in stock and still at the same great price as last year, just $82.94. Don't miss the hot price on BioBloom HF, 9 kilograms, just $280.44. Save on Equimax Elevation, 23.1-gram tubes, just $24.31. Buy three and get a fourth one free. New to Garrard's, Equine Care Probiotic Spray, 500ml, $44, and one litre, $71.19. And don't miss this great bonus offer. Buy one hoof food, 2kg, now $67.56, and receive a free white healer, 100 gram, but only while stocks last and no rain checks. This month's specials available in-store, online at garrardshorseandhound.com.au, or free call 1-800-060-896. Garrard's Horse and Hound. <laughs> The Post on Radio Tab.
Well, it's known as Finals Day at Flemington, held in July, and uh, it brings together uh, some great racing. They race for good prize money as well. Let's have a listen to some of the highlights from yesterday. We'll go to the Orvik Sprint Series final. We had co-favourites here, the Astrologist. We've seen him during our carnival up here. And also High Stranger. They both went off at $4.40. 500 to go, it's the Astrologist bowling out a length, Elberman, then Banquo, back on the inside William Thomas, further back, Isurian about to show its hand from Luana Magic Irish Songs, Romancer and Rock Prophet held up, the Astrologist at the clock tower with Banquo now, who lets down William Thomas up on the inside the Astrologist and Banquo at the 100 stride for stride, then Luana Magic the Astrologist fights just from Banquo, and the Astrologist won again second Banquo, third William Thomas, and then for fourth, I Surrey and all the winner magic, then Irish songs. A gap romance, a rock prophet, hell of horse, and high stranger. And last, Elberman. He's won six from 16, the astrologist, but we haven't seen the best of him. He's had two goes up here in Queensland. He arrived at the Magic Millions Carnival and wasn't disgraced in in either assignment. He ran fourth to Yardash, and then he ran fifth to 11-11 in the Magic Millions Cup. Then he came up here and had two runs. He ran in the Chief De Beers and the Morton Cup, but drew badly each time. So we didn't see the best of him. Then he went back to Melbourne, won at Flemington, and he won again there yesterday, controlling up front. It was a sprint home. He and Banco had a, a brief battle, but in the end, the astrologist was a little too good. And uh, Damien Thornton riding for Leon and Troy Corstens. Six from 17 is his strike rate. Let's go to the winner championship over the mile. Dice Roll was expected to win and ran short, $1.65. 350 metres to go, they quicken. It's Dice Roll, a half-length biometric. Kerwin's Lane's persisting for a run-up on the inside. The favourite's got company. Furian out wider, and Mongolian Marshall stretched across the track. Dice Roll, biometric. Furian, Mongolian Marshall, four across the track. The favourite's gone. Mongolian Marshall sprints up at the 100, takes the lead from Furian. Mongolian Marshall in an upset. Beat Furian, photo third. Dice Roll, kick back, biometric, or Adelaide Ace. And then Odeon, Kerwin's Lane, well back. Selsamore and Galaxy Raider in a bunched go across the line. Yeah, Matt was right. Only three and a half lengths from top end to tail and uh, most quaddy putters were kicking the ground because Mongolian Marshall getting up at $41 for Stewie Gower, who of course prepares his team at Morfordville in Adelaide. And uh, ironically, Brett Preble had the ride. And I say that because, of course, Brett Preble holds the record of the most wins for a metropolitan jockey, 99.5. That's going to be beaten. No risk at all because Jamie Carr is it now on 99. She rode a double yesterday. She'll have a good book of rides at Sandown on Wednesday and more than likely she'll uh, get the ton on Wednesday and create a new record. But anyway, it was Brett Preble to the fore on, on Mongolia Marshall. Let's have a listen to our other feature from uh, Flemington yesterday. It was the Mahogany Challenge final. Unique artist-led eco-warrior as they run the corner at the 500 metres and then came oh so far with a sustained gallop. Next in the field is Ruber back along the inside. Token Spirit presents up the middle now and unleashes as they reach the 300 metres. Ruber grabbed by Token Spirit. Unique artist is gone. Then Literati and Mr Pocket and further back in the field then Cakewalk Baby but Token Spirit 150 metres to go went for home. Three links in front of Ruber Literati, Cakewalk Baby but it's over. Token Spirit comes clear. A terrific staying performance to win it by three lengths. Token Spirit won it. Photo second, Cakewalk Baby or Ruba, and then came Literati. Next in the field then was Oh So Far and Trust But Verify from Eco Warrior and next to finish Hopkins, Mr. Pocket. Towards the back, Yasugai in company then with Don Arcangelo and at the end, Unique Artist got tired after leading.
He's a promising stone-token spirit. He's starting to put it all together now. That was his third win at start, 13. And it was the second leg of the riding double for Jamie Carr. He beat them easily. He won by nearly four lengths, of course. So he raced in the SA Derby during their carnival. He was a long shot there, didn't fire, but he's improved, he's matured, and, you know, he might be a horse worth following somewhere in the spring because we certainly know he can stay. That was 2,500 metres, and he cleared out to win by nearly four lengths. That was some of the racing highlights from finals day at Flemington. Let's turn our attention now to Rose Hill. They raced initially on a heavy nine, but uh, it was upgraded to a heavy eight. The first race we'll have a listen to is race six. Several informed horses here, and in the end there was little between Oscar Zulu and Cisco Bay for favouritism. Canasta at the home corner trying to shake off Ruby Tuesday at the 400. Oscar Zulu's just stalking this pair in third. Still that break to Cisco Bay, five lengths away. Then your arrangement. Grand Piano can't go on. Then intuition. Oscar Zulu's about to pounce now at the 200 metres mark. Hit the front from Ruby Tuesday. Then Canasta. Cisco Bay about three lengths away. Then your arrangement. But it's Oscar Zulu breaking clear. And Oscar Zulu's going to be too good. Oscar Zulu wins again. Canasta stuck on well. Ran second. Thirds a photo. Cisco Bay, new arrangement, or Ruby Tuesday back on the inside. And then Morton's Fork, Intuition, Flambeur, and Grand Piano didn't find the line today, was one of the last ones in. Often difficult to assess the form in the winter time, isn't it? Because it's of a lesser standard. Uh, that's with no disrespect to any horse. But he's certainly low flying at the moment, Oscar Zula. That's three on the trot at Rose Hill Gardens. He's trained by Chris Waller. Karen McAvoy had the ride. Uh, like his racing style, he can go forward, takes bad luck out of the equation. And there was no bad luck there yesterday. Canasta set up the tempo. He just travelled nicely in third spot and finished off well. And horses like Canasta and Cisco Bay, who ran second and third, they're in form. I think the format of the race will be good, even if it is a winter race. But Oscar Zulu, successful. Karen McAvoy had the ride. He made it a riding double in the next race, as we're about to listen to, on Papal Warrior. 4.75 left to travel. It's titanium power. Three quarters clear from Wild Chap second. Oh, Mudgy into the clear. Bethancourt behind those. Paper Warrior now called upon. Captive is next. Then Bardouche. Uh, keys out wider with Booper and Le Chevalier. Titanium Power. Paper Warrior out after it. Omudji trying to go through in the centre. They're clear of Captive. Le Chevalier coming late, but Paper Warrior broke clear. 100 metres left to run from Bardouche, Le Chevalier, Bethancourt late, but it's Paper Warrior. Paper Warrior goes back to back. What it by two? Bethancourt second, photo third. Omudji or Le Chevalier. Bardouche next in, then Titanium Power. Captive McGeehan Key. Booper didn't come on today. Next one was Wild Chap, the Guru, and Naomi. He's a fast dead rock four-year-old, and I think it's fair to say he's been somewhat of a bane for punters because uh, he doesn't know or didn't know much about winning going into yesterday. It was two from 19, eight minor placings. But how often do you see it when they win one, they can go back-to-back, -back. and that was the case with Papal Warrior. Well handled by Karen McAvoy for the Chris Wallace Stable. Let's go to race eight. Only a small field, but a competitive betting race. Taxu with the blinkers on was well backed, 420 into 380. Vitesse in what shapes as a dash home here. Sticking hard up on the inside. Leads three parts. Taxu felt four. Two back to Epic Dan. Molly Cottle. Starl is trying to go through in the centre. And then followed Cognac. Vitesse holding Taxu at the moment. Then Starler and Epic Dan and Molly Cottle. 125 to go. Vitesse. Taxu coming again. Taxu and Vitesse going to the line together. 
Taksu too strong late. Taksu beat Vitesse. Wanted it more. Third in Stala. Then Molly Cottle, Epic Den and Cognac. Joe Pride trains Taksu. Uh, Cottle had the ride and uh, was too good for them when he gets fourth race at start 18. There was only a small group of jockeys that shared amongst the spoils yesterday. Uh, Josh Parra riding treble and riding doubles to Tommy Berry, Tim Clark and also Karen McAvoy. That was some of the highlights from Rose Hill Gardens. Well, folks, that's past the post for this morning. Now, a couple of things worth pointing out. We're going to have a little break with past the post. The carnival is over, so to speak. Well, of course, we've got racing next Sunday. That meeting postponed at the Sunshine Coast. But we'll be back guns a-blazing on the 1st of August, the horse's birthday, first day of the uh, new racing season. A bigger and brighter past the post. I'm looking forward to your company then. Now, looking forward to your company tomorrow morning as well. On Press Room, we're going to um, give Press Room's top ten moments during the, the carnival just uh, completed here in southeast Queensland. Who'll make the cut? Who won't make the cut? Where do they finish? Where do they land? Who gets top billing? You'll hear it all tomorrow morning at uh, 8.30 Queensland and Tasmanian time and 8 o'clock SA in Northern Territory time. Look forward to your company then. Have a good day. Enjoy it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.